So this Advent, we have been exploring some of our Christmas stories a bit more in detail. And if you've been with us, you know that the reality for Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah and the everyday people around them, it was much harsher than our romanticized carols and cards have often led us to believe. The truth, the meaning of Christmas, it's, it's much more provocative and challenging. Its invitation is much more life-altering and world-shifting than we've often been told. See, the reality is that the world was not kind to Mary and Joseph. Like 98% of the population around them, they were poor, most likely living near subsistence levels. They were powerless, a people continuously occupied and colonized by foreign empires whose lives could be exploited and uprooted at a ruler's whim, forcing them to travel even under desperate circumstances like Mary. In her third trimester, forced to travel from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem in the south to be registered. Which is a kind way of saying we need to count you for taxation purposes. Monies that were then used by the likes of King Herod and Emperor Augustus to build their palaces, their grand building projects. They could be forced to flee like refugees to a foreign land, just as... Mary and Joseph, in fact, were, as the Gospel of Matthew records, just after where we left off with the Magi, when King Herod orders the genocide of the children in and around Bethlehem, when he learns that he's been, well, tricked by the Magi, who have not come back to tell him where this child was. Socially, religiously, culturally, the news of an unwed pregnancy, regardless of the supposed divine origin, well, it would have resulted in shame and rejection from their families, from their immediate communities. Mary and Joseph were the marginalized of the marginalized. You see, the truth of Christmas isn't found in the question of whether angels really exist or, or whether we can prove that an astrological event really did occur such that a star really did stand over the place that Jesus was laying and people could somehow follow that star there. The life-altering, world-shifting truth of Christmas is found in the proclamation that the wild, uncontainable power that created galaxies full of black holes and dark energy is the same power that became mysteriously embedded in the uterus of a marginalized teenage girl in a forsaken village in occupied Palestine. In a world where Rome's Emperor Augustus was deemed the Son of God, Augustus, the emperor, was Lord. He was savior of the world for bestowing peace and light upon all people, which he did through what he called his Pax Romana. That is, his military conquest that viciously subdued every people that they colonized, rendering them submissive and peaceful. No one dare fight back his rule. It was into this world, our scriptures proclaim, that Mary, 
Mary is the portal of divine love and power. Mary is the one through whom the uncontainable creator of the universe takes on human flesh. The salvation of the world is not in Rome. It's kicking inside her womb. The Prince of Peace is not issuing military orders, but being carried precariously through the wilderness as his family flees a ruler's genocidal violence. God did not wait until the world was ready, till nations were at peace. God came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. God came when the need was deep and great. God came and God comes, we proclaim at Christmas, and God's light can never be overcome. At Christmas, we are invited into a story whose truth, it's not a children's story, but a story whose truth is so irrational and incomprehensible that Rather than think, thinking we can simply know it, can package it simply for children, put it politely in a book, we can think that it's harmless, this nostalgic story of once upon a time. Instead, we are invited to continually return to it and to let it illuminate our own lives. Let it touch our own struggles, our own hopes, Speak to our own griefs and loves, our own world. With Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and magi, we are invited to ponder what does it mean to claim this truth, to let this truth claim our weary souls and our war-torn world. In our present moment, we we might begin by turning our hearts once again to Bethlehem. Like Mary and Joseph, who on that first Christmas welcomed new life on a silent night at the edge of the world amidst military brutality, so too is the Holy Land caught once again. We are tormented by the silence of the world, Reverend Munther Isak, pastor of Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem, recently said in a sermon. And in a recent conversation after worship with Tark and Zugbi, Christians from Bethlehem, Tark spoke about the shepherds and the magi who, who took risks to bear witness to the, this birth of God's love. And he said to us, we, we are looking for our magi and our shepherds. And we are hoping that you might be some of them. Every day, every Christmas, the nativity is alive somewhere in our world. If only we have hearts to see. For millennia, Christians have proclaimed that God has come and God is ever coming to us. Now as then, God chooses to be born in the Bethlehems of our world, to and among those, as the prophet Micah says, are considered last and least among the people of the world. 
As Reverend Isak recently preached this year, God is lying in a manger of rubble. In God's house. God is trapped beneath bombed buildings alongside more than 7,000 Palestinians waiting to be pulled from the shadow of death. God is among hostages in tunnels and innocent Palestinian prisoners tortured in cells crying out for release. God is in the wombs of the 50,000 women in Gaza for whom there is no room to give birth. Now, rather than a depressing message, the audacious, world-altering meaning of this proclamation is that if God is here, then surely God's love glows in the humble mangers of our own weary and broken hearts. See, this truth isn't meant to minimize our own pain and grief. It's not meant to, to say that yours doesn't really matter in comparison Rather, this truth, it bestows dignity on all pain and suffering. It is to insist that God's love, it takes on flesh precisely in those parts of ourselves that have been silenced or cast aside. Hope and peace and joy and love are not separate from our weariness, from those holes in our chests, caused by grief. Rather, like Mary, we are called, all of us, each of us, to become mothers of God, <clears throat> to make room within our own bodies for them to grow, even if, even if for now they are nothing more than something microscopic. At Christmas, we are invited to discover hope and peace and joy and love anew, precisely in those parts of our lives shrouded in hopelessness and silence. The generative, life-giving power of the cosmos is present with us in our naked vulnerability. Divine love radiates out from the very place where we feel most desperate and powerless. The divine seamstress who wove the universe, is with us in every place our hearts have been torn, stitching us back together. Pastor Christine Chikoyan says, There is no obvious evidence of God's glory in the circumstances of Jesus' birth. But it is precisely when the news is bleak when there is reason to count our own faith as absurd, that God's faithfulness shows up in wonder and surprise. And like a single star, this truth leads us to the very places where God chooses to dwell, and from which God works the healing of all the world. So behold, Glory to God in the highest. May our weary world rejoice.